Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash my money health check. Hi everyone, Grace here, host of the Witch Investigates podcast. Now, we'll be back with a new investigation on the podcast next week, but as promised, I wanted to bring you a special bonus episode. In our most recent investigation, we asked whether fast fashion had had its day. If you haven't heard it yet, just search Witch Investigates wherever you're listening. In that episode, we spoke to loads of brilliant experts, but there was one person I really wanted you to hear more from. He's Brett Staniland. He took part in Love Island last year and he made history by becoming the first ever contestant to refuse to wear the clothes provided by the fast fashion brand that was sponsoring the show at the time. He came to chat with my colleague Hannah Downs in the office a few weeks ago and they covered loads of interesting issues relating to sustainable fashion. And in this bonus episode, I'd like to play you their conversation in full. Here's what happened. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review or email me at podcasts at witch.co.uk. I know all these high street retailers, like they post these big reports on their websites about, you know, what they're doing to, you know. (laughs) How amazing they are. And is that just greenwashing most of the time? It, it's really challenging to like, they're, they're so good at it. They're literal marketing geniuses. Like you can make the best singular sustainable item, but if your output is still in the hundreds, if not thousands per day in, in terms of like adding styles to their website, they're not doing the right thing. They're, it, then their heart's not in the right place. Um, and the same with people. Like if it's taken a brand to pay you to first speak up about this, take it all with a pinch of salt because there's a, there's a difference between caring and being paid to care. And do you think like fashion needs to be less trend led then? Yeah, I think when I get the question like, you know, what can I do? Or like, I can't buy this and I can't afford this. Or, you know, what are my more sustainable options? I was like, first of all, think about what you're actually purchasing. Like, do you need this? Or can you buy it secondhand? Or can you borrow it? Or are you just buying it for the social and cultural relevance? Are you buying it to show your friends on Instagram that you've got it? Um, because it's a really big societal shift that we've had in the last five, six years, maybe perhaps a little bit longer, where you know this this overconsumption um, has stemmed from social media. Certainly, is has exacerbated the the issue where we must be seen in the latest trends. Where for me, my wardrobe, I, I do have nice clothes. I'm really privileged to have nice clothes, but um, they're pretty much just staples. They're quite basic. Um, I know my proportions, I know what kind of style I like. And so from that, I, I have mostly investment pieces. 
that I know are gonna last me ages and I'm not really bothered about the latest trends. Might accessorize now and then if something's cool or whatever, but I know ultimately that my style will last at least like 10, 15, if not 20 years. And even some of my favorite pieces are older than me. Like I've got coats from the 80s and 70s that I absolutely love and treasure. Um, and they've, they're older than me and I'm sure they'll outlive me too. Yeah, shopping vintage. I try to buy all yeah. secondhand now. Yeah. yeah, it's cooler having a story as well. You can connect those clothes. Like I know that those, those clothes have had a life before me and I find that so interesting to think, oh, maybe someone in Italy has worn this to work every day for like 20 years and then handed it to me. Now I get to do the same. Um, and it's the same with the things that I inherited from my dad as well, like good leather shoes that my dad wore to the ground. I went, got them refurbished a bit and now they're mine. Um, I much prefer those stories to, oh, I saw Kim Kardashian wearing it and now I've got it. Like, that's not a story. No, there's so much more character in a piece that, that you've inherited or, you know, Absolutely. yeah, upcycled. And like yeah. searching through a vintage shop. Yeah, for the joy of finding something and coming across it. Yeah, you feel like you've earned it. Like Absolutely. Where it was like, yeah, compared to like opening an ASOS parcel. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned TikTok earlier and that it's been like a good platform for promoting mm -hmm. some of these um, ideas. Do you think that is to do with like Gen Z and they're going to be more receptive to, to anti-fast fashion? I think so. I'll, I'm gonna praise Gen Z here because I think that they are more inclined to care about the environment for one, but I also think they treasure books and education and um, it's nice to see like a bit more, a few more lefties in, in like Gen Z as well. Um, I grew up in the Midlands, I'm, I think I'm a millennial, I don't really know, yeah, I think I'm a millennial, but for me like politics and stuff was something not many people were ever interested in. And now it's really cool to see um, younger, including me, until I got a bit older. But um, it's great to see like young kids like really um, invest themselves in learning about societal issues and cultural issues. And so yeah, with sustainable fashion, they are on it. Um, and even if sometimes they want to call me out for stuff, I indulge them in the conversation. Like, I love the conversation. Um, equally, I think it is quite polarizing with another demographic of Gen Z who are really heavy into fast fashion and simply don't care. So I think we've got to, like a big chasm in the middle but hopefully the the right one, the right side of that is growing pretty quickly too. Yeah, I guess if you've got more voices that yeah. are they're saying the right kind of thing, yeah. then hopefully that will help. Yeah, I think, well, now at least we have a community that are gonna challenge the other side, whereas before we didn't, it was just all fast fashion, more is better, um, and the, the need to stay relevant and cool. Whereas now we've got like, the, the secondhand community is enormous, and I love like speaking to them about the things that they found. Um, and equally the like the environmentalists who are really young and passionate, it's great. I did um, done a few summits recently and meeting with young people all over the world. Um, it's really, it makes you optimistic um, because being online can be quite, some days quite defeatist and quite demoralizing, knowing that for like every slow fashion influencer, there's probably like a million, if not more fast fashion influencers. Um, so yeah, you can get bogged down in either side. Some days are good, some days are bad. And how receptive have people been in the fashion industry? Um, oh, this is this is tricky. I think so. I'm. I like that when I go to Fashion Week and stuff, and I bump into people. People do bring it up. Like, and you've got senior editors, um, designers, and some of them really get it. But I do. Th there's also um, there's also a group of people who just care about fashion. I think it's it's different. I I kind of work in a space where. When I'm working in the fashion industry, it's full of the high-end kind of designers, um, and it's part of all of their businesses to an extent now. 
um, and they are inherently slow. So when you say the word sustainability, some of them roll their eyes, which I can totally understand because it's such a buzzword as well at the same time that all of them want to use. Um, but I think seeing things like Business of Fashion, Vogue, New York Times all have like climate related areas of their website, climate editors, sustainability editors, that shows you that it's going in the right direction. Um, I'm not sure about the high street because I'm not on the inside of that, but I can, I, I think the high street is lagging behind and that's why it's getting eaten up. But we'll see, I think the next two years is gonna be the most interesting. That's really interesting. And I was speaking to another um, like fashion sustainability expert the other day and she, she was saying how the fact that there's more runway shows now, that that is kind of contributing to more of a trend-led um, you know, fashion industry. Yeah, so the runway shows basically trickle down the trends to the high street. But on top of that, you've got like micro trends that are every pretty much daily, weekly. Historically, runway shows will be you get an autumn, winter and a spring, summer. Um, and then you do a men's and a women's and that's basically it. Now you've got resort, cruise, pre-fall, couture. You've got so many shows going on. Yes, like, and I can see both sides of that coin. Um, I think we can, I think high fashion can put a lot of pressure on high fashion as well though, because we're pretty outspoken. Can you tell us about your decision not to wear fast fashion on Love Island and what kind of reaction you got from producers, but also from view from viewers? Yeah, so um, it was actually part of the whole uh, reasoning behind me doing the show. Um, I was really keen to get the contestant agreement because I wanted to see the relationship between the fast fashion partner and the show. Um, and if it was, there was basically three options. So there was what I did, which was no, I was able not to wear any of the clothes whilst I was there, not to accept any of the gift in, and then ultimately not have to do any paid ads after. But the other option was basically if the show meant that I had to wear the clothes, like league, like contractually had to wear them, I would either have turned the whole show down or, and this was the other option that I spoke to my friends about, take as much money as I possibly could and a year later make a documentary using the fast fashion money to expose fast fashion. Now, the more I weighed that up, I was like, God, I'm gonna lose all credibility in the space completely and I probably won't get booked by all my clients and all this stuff. Um, so ultimately I didn't do that but it worked out like I, I didn't have to wear the clothes on the show and I was really adamant on that um, but I remember meeting like during the casting process you meet a few producers and you sit in front of them and I remember them saying like is this what you usually wear and I was basically in like some wide leg pants and like some oversized jacket or whatever and I was like yeah this is it was, they were like well what are you going to wear in the villa I'm like just this but probably shorts because it's going to be warmer I'm like oh okay um, so where'd you get all your clothes from? They started asking me about clothes more and more and fashion and work and all of this. Um, and they were kind of adamant on putting me in white, tight, skinny jeans. I was like, it's just never gonna happen. Don't even bother. Um, so the reaction from the producers was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's kind of like your thing. It's different to what we're used to, which is great as well. And obviously I'm not the archetypal masculine man that you usually see on Love Island, paint my nails, wear pearls and wear clothes that even I get from women's sections and stuff like that, which is not, which is normal to me and completely normal in all of my friendship circles, but not the type of thing you see on Love Island. So again, there was, especially whilst I was there, there was a big reaction to to what I was wearing from like the housemates, whatever. But um, they were generally quite nice. It wasn't until I got my phone back where like the reaction was crazy. Um, loads and loads of abuse, loads of homophobic abuse, which I still get today, 
Um, and it was that reaction from the public. I remember going on Twitter, I think after I did the um, After Sun show, and oh my God, there was like, I was trending and there was just loads of comments about everything I was wearing because I had my nails painted, because I was wearing pearls, because like, it looked like I had eyeliner on in some shots. And I was like, wow, like this is the first time I really saw the knee-jerk reaction of the public and like their perception of fashion and what masculinity is and all these other things um, compared to like the bubble that I've kind of made for myself over the last couple of years working in the industry as well. So it was um, it was quite enlightening um, and challenging as well at the same time. So yeah, bit of an up and down roller coaster throughout the process. Yeah, that sounds really difficult to have, you know, gotten that reaction. Um, and it's crazy how, yeah, people just accept these like fast fashion looks and don't question them. But when something different comes on the screen, they, it, yeah, people get very emotional about it. Yeah, the the one that gets me is the pearl necklace because I've been wearing pearls for like probably five or six years. I got some from my grandma actually, where the bracelets from was my grandma's old necklace. Um, and I love pearls, um, but I don't understand why they're associated with women and or like femininity. Um, and then obviously I wore them on the show and I wore them on TV after. But a year later, I see other contestants from my year wearing felt necklaces. So it's funny how it comes around and I've seen it more and more out and about. So um, yeah, you just kind of have to take everything with a pinch of salt and realize, you know, maybe it's not for other people, which is totally fine. I won't ever judge people for what they wear um, or make associations with clothing because it's so unisex, everything's unisex, we just create everything, it's all made up, so yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And what did you think about the decision um, for all housemates to be in secondhand clothes this year? It was so, um, I was really proud and really grateful for like everyone and for the show, it was such a, I felt like it was such a big tangible change, like in a decent moment for, for like the sustainable fashion community purely because of the exposure that secondhand fashion is going to get. And it was nice coming off the back end now, we've got like an ambassador, which is something I was adamant on at the start. They were like, oh, how's it going to pan out? And I was like, first of all, we need some of these big names that come off the show to be ambassadors as well, which is great. So I'm really grateful for Tasha for uh, for getting on board with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things like seeing the search uh, results now on like Google searches and uh, eBay searches for secondhand fashion have all absolutely boomed and fast is kind of slowed down a little bit. And it's it's um, it's just like, it's the first step. So now we've got another, there's another season starting in January and I know eBay kind of working on stuff with them again. So yeah, it's nice to now get like a little bit of a snowball going and I hope that it just keeps going and going. Yeah, I thought it was really good as well. Um, but I, I was a bit disappointed that so many, I know you mentioned Tasha who signed with eBay after, but so many of the big names from the show kind of signed these six-figure deals with fast fashion retailers after. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's something we'll ever get away from because I know a lot of people do the show with that in mind. Um, but at the same time, some of the contestants this year had um, a real privilege of choice because they didn't come from particularly lower income families or low exposure families and so people like that you kind of could do nothing and be totally fine famous and wealthy whereas I understand you know if it's for instance a couple um, people from my year took some fast fashion deals um, but there are cases where I'm like do you know what if it's not them it's probably going to be another white person if it's not them it's going to be a stranger and there's so many issues with influencer stuff and like exposure with particularly women of color online i was like you know what if i'd rather it be them than another white girl so uh whatever to an extent um but again like i feel like 
Love Island could really set the tone and say, do you know what? We're not allowing any fast fashion sponsors this year. Or um, you're not allowed to sign with a fast fashion sponsor until a year since you've been home. Um, just to stop that cycle of like just massive consumption, massive production, massive overexposure to fashion trends. Because uh, the show is a catalyst for all of those things. So um, yeah, I'd really like us just to go a little bit more. I know I'm probably being a little bit too optimistic there, but I, it's something that I would do, you know. Um, and But you know, as I said, it's the start. So I've gone on and done something different. Tasha's now gone down a different path too. So hopefully the next crop of people who do shows like that or have a lot of exposure on TV can say, do you know what? It's okay to take this avenue now too. Um, or I already am that at that place, but I've never seen Love Island as a show that I could do because I just don't feel like I'd fit in. Now they might feel like they could do it too. So hopefully, yeah, it's uh, we're opening the door. Hopefully it will, it will keep going from there though. Yeah, definitely. You're right. The fact that there's been two seasons now where two people have kind of done something different. It would be nice for the contestants to to care about this. Yeah. You know, for more contestants to really care yeah. about it. Because they get they get such a big voice. Even like Twitter, like some of the people from my in previous years have like half a million followers on Twitter. And like when they talk, people listen. And it, yeah. a lot of the time I know it's trivial and they talk about nonsense, but it, sometimes they might just say something that's important. Yeah, yeah, I get, and that's the thing. When the show ends, that's when they're going to have like the most followers. So that period of time after yeah. the show, it's the most marketable they're ever going to be. Yeah. Because um, unfortunately, it's a very replaceable um, situation to be in, like being a contestant on a show that's annual now biannual. Um, you're very replaceable. So the most marketable you'll be is as soon as you come home, um, which is why I was like, right, I need to dig my heels in and get some work done immediately. So I know you mentioned um, you mentioned just now you're, you're doing something something with eBay. Is there anything else you can kind of share with us about projects you've got going on? Um, yeah, so I'm working with I don't know I don't actually know, but I'll tell you anyway. I'm working on um, some things with so that yeah, there's the eBay secondhand fashion thing. In September, we're, we're hoping to do um, a secondhand fashion show, the fight against fashion poverty. I think with Oxfam and eBay together, which I hopefully will still happen at some point. Um, but I'm also working with platforms now that are about like getting the most from your wardrobe. So um, a brand like Save Your Wardrobe, where it's like a whole platform where you can digitally organize your wardrobe and plan outfits. You can get repairs, alterations and upcycle your clothes. So it's all about getting the most out of your current wardrobe rather than having to buy new things. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully I don't want to jinx anything, but um, I want to be I'm going around talking to people in the industry all, all over the world. Um, to like shed light on the negative impact of fast fashion and how we move towards a more positive situation and how we can all still work in these areas as like influencers or authors or editors in a more responsible way so that we can have a better impact. So I don't want to tell you exactly what that output is, but that's what I'm working on it. It sounds really good. It sounds really interesting. That's a really good point about making the most of your wardrobe as well. I, I know obviously so many influencers are bad for like promoting, just buying more stuff. But a few I've seen have like talked about just taking everything out of your wardrobe and just restyling it. Yeah, it's nice. And there's there's an app called uh, Wearing as well. Um, it's a friend, Bianca. She's got this great app. Um, and it's like just, just see it because we all look at our wardrobe and say, oh my God, I've got nothing to wear. And I, even I do it. I'm guilty of it sometimes. But having it like on your phone or on an iPad and like putting new outfits together and seeing what works just visually helps you get more from your wardrobe straight away. Um, or you might rediscover things that you haven't worn for years and you think, oh, why did I stop wearing that? And then with me, like I put my hand on pocket, I was like, oh, yeah, it's got a massive hole in the pocket. Yeah. So I've only, I've only got one of them. But then I'm like, oh, I can get that fixed this week for like four quid. 
just or even my nana would i took them home to my nana and she turned them inside out and sewed the pocket back up and i was like things like that now i have that pair of trousers back so um it's really great for things like that and i always say when people ask um you know like how do i live more sustainable how do i get more uh, sustainable like fashion how do i dive into sustainable fashion um i'm like just look at your current wardrobe like and get the most you possibly can out of it it might be selling some of it and using that money to get different clothes you're still at net break e- breaking even or um not buying anything new so like borrowing and and loaning clothes that's that's a great place to start yeah for sure i actually did a car boot sale on sunday and yeah. found loads of stuff that i'm like oh i would still wear that and then also got rid of loads of stuff i've been hoarding because i guess hoarding stuff as well is bad yeah cause... we like the clothes that we have are made to be worn they're made to be durable supposed to be and for the most part are timeless so like if you're not wearing it someone else could be wearing it um so like as much as uh, we like to buy things from secondhand and talk about those stories, but we need to jump on as sellers too. And I think, I think this winter, I'd like to really go and use my platform to say, right, let's all like uptake these platforms and use them to sell our wardrobes as much as we are um, to buy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and also you can make money from that as well. Cost of living crisis, exactly. You know, it's good. And, and I've seen recently like um, there's an app called Buy Rotation, who which is owned by a friend called Ishita. And she's doing a few um, articles at the moment about people who've earned decent money from renting out their wardrobe, especially like with women's accessories. They're, they're really great. If you if you are able to like purchase something that's maybe you can't get anymore or um, you have an investment piece that you're not really getting as much out of, using these rental platforms is really good to like earn a little bit more money, get your money back out of your purchases too. Yeah, yeah, especially if you've got like a high ticket item as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, of course. You've got something designer. Yeah, but even there's even things that are like kind of high-end high street or low-end designer, which are kind of affordable um, entry points to like designers, um, but now can't get any more. Like there's loads of Ghani stuff. Ghani's are really reasonably priced for what it is. Um, and some of it just gets discontinued and like people really, really still want it. So these rental places are a really good place to start. I've got a wedding coming up and I'm mm. going to be looking. Yeah. I've got the buy rotation app. Yeah. And it's good for like getting ideas. Like I found loads of brands on there and then I've gone on to Vinted and eBay and looked to see if I could yeah, get them on there. Yeah, exactly. It's great. It's great for style ideas, but it's also great to um, like foster a community and meet people you wouldn't usually meet and talk about fashion with them because you're all kind of aligned. If you're all on the app, you kind of all have the same head, came same idea about fashion. So it's great to like bring a community together too. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, and I know you've kind of touched on a few different points, but if you could maybe summarise for our listeners um, how how they can live more sustainably, shop more sustainably. Um, yeah, that'd be great. So completely away from fashion, the two things I always say, if people want to be more sustainable, um, you should move your pension and change your energy provider. They're the two best things that you can do f- throughout your lifetime. But other than that, I always say like, um, buy less and buy better. Um, and if if possible, buy nothing new. Like there's so many more options and people assume that sustainable fashion is buying something that's expensive and perfect when re- in reality it's it's making use of what you already have. So yeah, the Dieter Rahm's proverb, less but better is, is always ingrained in my mind um, as well alongside those things. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode and thanks to Brett for his time and to Hannah for her brilliant questions. We'll be back next week for another episode of Witch Investigates. In the meantime, we've got a newsletter all about being a sustainable consumer, which I highly recommend if you're interested in changing your habits for the better. You can sign up for free at witch.co.uk forward slash newsletters. See you next time.